0: We're going to get started. Dale's here. We can start now. He's the pace setter, you know. All right. This is session three of Holy Habits. And the topic tonight is seeking and saving the lost. So, week number one was peacemaking. Week number two was what was week number two?
1: That's what scriptures.
0: Yeah being in the Word, I don't know what they called it, but being consistently in the Word and this is seeking and saving the lost. So the main idea of this session is we are called to bring people to Jesus to experience the same transforming grace He has shown us. We are to know we play a vital role in God's plan to redeem the world, and we are to feel a deep gratitude for God's grace and a longing for others to experience it. And the life change should be to bring others to Jesus through our prayers, words, and actions and uh, I hope you all are enjoying these video studies because the next one I want to do is still a video series. Is anybody sick of watching videos? That's the question. Nobody's responding, so I guess not. But the next one, the videos are a little bit longer. They're, I think they're like 25 minutes long. But the next, the next series is about marriage. It's called the Art of Marriage. Uh-huh. So this, my intention spans only 15 minutes. Your marriage lasts a lifetime. So. <laughs> But this, but the art of marriage uh, would be a really good one. You all are consistently here. Most of you are consistently here on Wednesdays. This, this is. Uh, I don't want to say that it's not so. This art of marriage one is not so biblically. It is biblical, obviously, but it's 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 probably the most practical lesson that we will do or we have will have done up to this point. It's just it's strictly about marriage and if you're not married don't not come still come still (laughs) show up because there's a high likelihood that one day you will be so you You might as well learn
1: everything by your mistake
0: yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but but i I think it's six weeks and uh at the old church we did a one night we did a um, what they call it a date night in and we we did like a it was it was married people only no kids were invited which is great um um, but we did a, uh, what's that game called? It's not Family Feud, but there's, what's a, what's a marriage one? Really? Really? Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So, so we had a host who, who I'm gonna try to get Jordan Reno up here to do it again. He wears this, he wears this velvet jacket. So we will do this on like a. The hope is we'll do this marriage thing, and then after the six weeks up, is up, we'll have a date night in. Where we'll have a meal here, and that goofy host will come with his felt jacket on, and we'll play uh, what's the game? <laughs> I already forgot. Newlywed game, and it's hilarious because there will be like six couples up on stage at a time, and the men will leave. And we ask a question like, if your house was going to burn down, what would be the first thing that your husband would grab? And the wife guesses, you know. And then we bring them back in the room, and it's just a great big laugh. So,
1: that whole, what you just told us, when you heard that that was news to you, all of us watched it when it was on TV. Yeah. That's
0: right. We know
2: what
1: it
3: is. He's trying
0: Came on after Andy Griffith from Matlock, Gunsmoke. Okay. <laughs> but this this would be a time to invite people from work uh, hey we're doing a, a marriage study or, or whatever you know what I'm saying It's it's not going to be so uh, stuffy it's funny I mean it's useful it's funny you get to hear it there's a lot of there's like six couples in this video series and and there will be questions just like this so keep that on your brain when's that gonna start Kate? Uh, we have this week and next week uh, two weeks from now so this is session three we have session four Valentine's Day. yeah yeah <laughs> And we'll just do the we'll do the date night in thing whenever the host we we got to have that one host because he's he's something. Can y'all dress like y'all did they
4: did back in the seventies?
0: We can dress however you all want to dress. When the show actually
4: Uh, came on, you know.
0: (laughs) I just hope people show up. Okay, so let's see here.
4: I'm sorry, just
0: to watch. <laughs> Before viewing the session, here are, here are a few important things to look for in Derwin's teaching. As you watch, pay attention to how he answers the following questions. What is the good news? What motivates us to share God's grace with others? What does it look like to bring people to Jesus? So let's watch this video. This is a short one, eight minutes. It's perfect for Rodney. There you go. <laughs>
2: I want
5: you to imagine with me that you have the cure for cancer. I know what you would do, and you know what I would do. We would immediately go to every hospital in all of our cities, in every country, and we would administer that healing antidote. Why? Because it would bring healing to people who are going to die. What if I told you that we have the antidote, that we have the cure for the greatest illness of all, sin and death? and that cure was given to us not in a philosophy but in a person by the name of king jesus jesus is the cure for the great ailment that has hooked its vices into humanity and jesus came on this incredible mission to seek and save the lost in session three we're going to talk about the holy habit of seeking and saving the lost that the moment that we said yes to jesus we said yes to forgiveness we said yes to being free from condemnation we said yes to mercy yes to grace yes to becoming his body his church yes to the holy spirit's power but we also said yes to his mission we are the body of Christ. And Jesus being seated at the right hand of his father expresses his life and his mission through his people, me and you. So salvation is an invitation to join Jesus in his mission. As a matter of fact, the greater that we understand his grace, the greater that we will want others to understand and appreciate his grace. And so the habit of... Evangelism, this this holy habit of waking up and saying, "Lord, who is it in my sphere of influence?" that doesn't have hope. Lord, give me grace to deal some hope. We want to get to our block and we want to slang some hope. And our hope has a name. His name is Jesus. We want to be about this evangelism. That simply comes from the Greek word evangelon, which means good news. The good news is this, that there is a new king, Jesus of Nazareth. He hails from eternity. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the great I am. He is seated on high at the right hand of his Father, and through him, this precious gift of life eternal can be experienced, but also his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. The defeat of death, the defeat of evil, the defeat of sin, we are a people of victory. And so God wants us to give that victory away. Jesus has the words of life and so a holy habit of evangelism is developed and cultivated as we think about the greatness of his grace and his healing love and forgiveness i want to share just a few verses from mark chapter 2 with you verses 1 through 5 it's this incredible scene and it's a picture of a holy habit of bringing people to jesus the scripture reads this way When he entered Katrina, again after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together that there was no more room, not even in the doorway when he was speaking the word to them. So let's pause there. Jesus was speaking the word, the word of God, where there is hope, where there's healing, where there's forgiveness, where there's a royal announcement to repent for the kingdom of God is here. He was speaking the word. People were gathered everywhere. He's not speaking just a good idea or good advice. He is proclaiming good news that transform lives. So it's important for us to understand that it's not our persuasion. It's not our power. It is the power of the living God. It is the power of the salvation to those who believe. You don't have to worry about being powerful in your delivery. You don't have to worry about being powerful in your message. Jesus has already taken care of that. The holy habit is this, obeying the call To join Jesus on mission means that we carry people to Jesus. We carry them by prayer. We carry them by care. We carry them by sharing our faith. Listen to Mark 2 3. They came to him bringing a paralytic carried by four of them. So we see this picture four men carrying their homeboy, that's Hebrew their homeboy. They're, they're carrying him to Jesus. He's on a mat. He's paralyzed. And they are carrying him. They can't get in. So what do they do? They first and foremost recognize this, that God does the heavy lifting, not us. We planter, we water, but God gives the increase. So please know that God is not looking for your super ability. He's just looking for your humble availability. Let's look at verse four. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after digging through it, they lowered the mass which the paralytic was lying. So think about it. They went to the top of the roof and said, we got to get this man to Jesus. And they began to dig through it. There are some relationships and some people that we've got to dig through their lives. What does that mean? It means we're patient. It means we're kind. It means we're forgiving. It means we are persistent. It means that we are with people in their mess. These four men were with their friend. They felt his pain. But they knew that Jesus was the healer. They know that it's his grace that transforms lives. Question, who are you carrying to Jesus? Who are you praying for in your sphere of influence? It's amazing. Before you talk to people about Jesus, talk to Jesus about those people. Let the spirit of God go before you and believe That Jesus can transform. Verse 5 of Mark 2 says this. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus saw their faith. The holy habit of evangelists flows out of, I know what Jesus can do because Jesus has done it to me. I was sick and I went to the great physician and he cured my sin sickness. He defeated death in my place. He gave me grace. That's our motivation. We pray We care, we share. We pray, we care, we share. 2 Peter 3.9 says this. The Lord does not delay his promise as some understand delay, but he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. May we wake up every morning with this holy passion and say, Lord, who is in my sphere of influence that doesn't know you? And may we carry them to the king and may we rip off the roof and dig through it and Jesus see our faith and transform lives.
0: When we place our faith in Jesus, we say yes to forgiveness, grace, and being a part of God's family. We are also saying yes to his mission. But sharing our faith is oftentimes excluded from the benefits of our salvation and thought of as an unwanted chore. So the question, there are always two-part questions. Why does sharing our faith sometimes seem more like an obligation than a privilege? And what do you think would help change our perspective on it being an obligation or Duty to fulfill. Why does sharing our faith sometimes seem more like an obligation than a privilege?
4: Satan's trying to get in there and keep us from doing so so it feels like oh I have to do this Um, so you're not really when you go to witness you're not really in the spirit and the spirit's not working through you to develop his word because your your heart's not in it it's almost like the cheerful giver you know if it's not something that you're actually willing to do and it's coming from your heart then it's just works it's not spirit-filled works and Satan uses that to put us in
3: Mindset, so it's avoided words going out. You should be our
1: I think what Barb said, Satan still spirits too. You know, that, I think that's why I recommend that you you pray first, pray for that person first before you go. So. And we're all afraid of what. What do we really know? Can we really present it? You know, will the people really understand? I mean, there's a lot of stuff. If we, I guess, maybe if we think it's about ourselves and our abilities, then we really pull back. I guess we got to trust God and do the work.
6: Sometimes for me, I know who the, my audience is going to be and what their feelings already are. So it's kind of hard to, you know, somebody's been already, be almost antagonistic about you know, speaking about. it.
0: Yeah, fear was what I was going to say. Uh, it feels like an obligation rather than a privilege because I get in the way of the situation I, I get in the way and think oh if I do this this is going to make me look this way or whatever I, You know, whatever the excuse of the day is but uh, yeah I think fear and fear comes not from God that comes from the enemy So, <laughs>
4: uh, how about transform by being on your deathbed <laughs> 2010.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: And that was out of my control. And thankfully, we had
2: a great team of doctors down in South Carolina, but even they didn't know what they were doing and they had to pray because they did not know.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: So, when mm-hmm. things get hard, and It's above their own knowledge, then even they have to pray. Because they say that people, my injuries, I became a statistic. And first of all, I hate that feeling. It's like, well, how about we just change your statistics?
0: So you're saying they had to rely on prayer to to give them the they knowledge. They
2: had to pray too, because they said this is above what we know. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so what do y'all think would help change our perspective on sharing our faith? Uh, what would help shift your perspective of it not being an obligation, but but a privilege?
2: Mm -hmm. I feel like it's an obligation. I feel like when people think it's an obligation, that's a negative term to me. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should pray about it and maybe soften your heart about it because it should be an exciting thing to be. It shouldn't be an obligation Mm -hmm. to me, you know. I don't know if that makes sense, but maybe because it's your duty to help evangelize other people and help them see past their own issues right. and to find their own solutions through powers that they can.
0: I think gratitude. Like if you if you're grateful for the things that God's done in your life every single day it's much easier to go like I don't really care if you get hostile I mean I I don't want I don't want to be around hostility but uh, but God's done these amazing things in my life and 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 the only reason I'm, I'm aware that it was God that did it was because somebody shared the gospel with me so I want to be the guy that shares the gospel with other people even if it's it feels like you're sticking your neck out and you might get sliced open you know which it does feel that way sometimes
7: but i think if we don't we're being selfish because realistically what we're what we've had the grace given to us we should want to share it with everybody and i mean i think we have we think we're selfish if we don't understand that it is grace and we have that gratitude and we are thankful and yeah. Which makes it even more imperative to share it with others because
0: we have a we care for other people. Mm-hmm. And if if we actually believe what we say, we believe people that believe in Jesus go to heaven, and people that don't go to hell. That's that is the belief. And sometimes we 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 even believers we want to water that down. So
7: or we want to prejudge.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But if we actually believe that people are doomed, we should we should really approach evangelism.
7: Well, I liked his point about praying for them before you go that the Spirit might be working. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's not. Sometimes it's not what we say. It's just the fact we've made the effort. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're called. To-
3: All I know is that I've been away from church for so long that um, there's some good fellas in here that uh, help me see the light, and uh, I just lost my brother, and uh, I think you know, with praying and everything. It helped me. I mean, I want to thank everybody that was away from church for a long time. And all, I'm very thankful. That's, I just
6: want to say that. Some people aren't going to reject us. Jesus tells us that. told us the that they reject me, they're going to reject you. Dust feet
0: the that I haven't talked I haven't talked about my Muslim friend recently in here, but we had an interaction the other day. I, I can't I can't I, I probably talk about him every week. We don't interact every week though. But um I shared a Bible verse with him. I can't remember what it was, I'm not going to look it up. But he just rejected it, basically. And he's we had a little back and forth about some stuff, and then he said, "I said, I hope you know, I feel. Well, I mean, we're going in pretty hard, each of us from our sides, like Christianity, Islam, Christianity, Islam. He's trying to get me to read the Quran. I'm not going to do it. He's, he's. I'm like, he's like, if you would just read the Quran, you it'll really." Don't limit yourself in your knowledge. Read this. And and I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I said, are you doing the same thing with the Bible? He's like, no, not really. And then he went on to say some other things that I'm not going to repeat. But he did say, uh, I said, I hope through all this debate we can still remain friends. And he said something along the lines of, uh, he said, I just want to read it because I don't want to get out of line. It was serious. indeed we shall remain friends god willing one day you will get true guidance and be saved from the hellfire my goal is for you to come to that point with the help of the almighty is this you to him no this oh. is him to me oh okay yeah I said through Islam, how is one saved from the hellfire in your own words? a lot of times they'll just send me passages out of Quran. I try to read them and they make it's like I'm reading uh Mandarin They make no sense to me at all, like none like I can't even make sense of any of it um but he 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 gave the explanation uh I said, How is a person saved in Islam? He said, Believing there is one God without partners or associates, believing in the prophets and messengers, the angels, the books sent down, the day of judgment, and predestiny. I gave him the thumbs up and said, With respect, I would rather be thrown into hell than deny, deny Jesus as God, as that is the one thing in Christianity that will check your ticket in. And I think I might be getting to the point with them where I need to wipe the dust from my feet and move on. You know? <laughs> Is we read the verses about don't give, don't give to the dogs what is the dogs and the pigs what's unclean. There you go, yeah. And uh, it's just hard because he's he's I, I don't know why I brought all that up, but uh, I really thought. <coughs> like, Ironically, I saw the bait thing on something today, and I'll ask Dan where's
7: we we just. Watch a little clip of a guy debating a Muslim, and I'll try to get that
0: get do. Well, I think there's layers of belief. Like, there's there's cultural, just like there's cultural Christian Christians, there's cultural Muslims. This guy's not one of those. He's taking it seriously, so... I think it's just probably, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, like I said on the past Sundays, I think the wiping the dust from your feet and moving on is probably a one percent thing. I don't know if he falls into that one percent of me just. But but
7: he's also it's talked about the prophets too, and then what is the reward if they follow those things. That's, that's part of the...
0: None of it seems clear to me. It's all workspace. You know, if I pray five times a day, if I, I don't want to get sidetracked. East, east and west and whatever. All that, yeah. I don't know.
6: But you don't know what seeds you planted. You don't know where you're going to end up. Yeah. I mean, it could be... A long-term thing, 50 years from now, he could, yeah. said something happened in his life, and he's like, you know, why? Yeah. Hey,
7: Rodney, is it David Nasser that was down there at Gatlinburg?
1: Is that the guy that was Muslim before? Oh, the, the, one of those yeah extreme things, yeah. you know? Yeah, I remember something. Uh, yeah. And I don't maybe, remember what well, that was.
4: The, I don't know if he, how popular he is now, but back in the uh, early 90s, Todd Agnew, um, was is a Christian singer, he was Muslim that Christian.
0: Was this about the time the Newlywed game was on TV? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was this before or after Gunsmoke?
6: After
4: Gunsmoke. Okay. Gun.
0: Right <laughs> Just check
4: Miss Kitty and Marshall, you know,
0: they hadn't off the <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me bring us back in. I'm sorry, I threw us off with the, that. Derwin told us that the more we understand grace, the more we will want to share it with others. That's the word.
7: Grace is the difference. They don't believe in grace.
0: Mm-hmm.
7: They don't believe in a lot of things we believe in. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's where the...
0: He, was tell, he tells me all kind. I mean, I haven't even seen this guy for months, but he... Uh, Jordan Jones just texted me something. Uh... I mean, just the cleanliness and and all these things they have to do. I'm like, this stuff's impossible. It's just impossible. It's about
8: like what the Pharisees had
0: done, right? Yeah, Mm. made it impossible. Yeah, yeah, seems impossible to me. So the question is, what is your understanding of grace, and why do we need it? Don't
7: because it's not what? by works, and that's the other thing. If they believe in the works. You do this and this.
0: That a part of it is theirs. not works, and they're missing. It's like you live your whole life trying to be good enough, and yeah. that's impossible its just impossible. That's the whole point of Christianity. It's the foundation. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it's not from yourself. It's a well, gift it's from God. It's His
4: grace that I don't have to go through the torture that He yeah. went through for, to pay for my sins because if you know if it was up to us and to atone ourselves as a sacrifice to make it into heaven we would never be able to survive it and we'd end up in hell anyway i mean but the whole grace is that we he took that punishment from us you know for us you know if you know a brother or sister ends up killing somebody are you gonna say "Old judge let them go free i'll take their you know their execution for them you know we don't have that ability in us to do so
0: or he did my favorite i don't know who who coined this but i've heard it several times but Grace is, uh, grace is getting something that you don't deserve, and mercy is not getting something that you do deserve. I'm sure that's just some old <clears throat> anecdote from somebody sometime, but sounds pretty true to me. Yeah, I like it. Makes it. a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes makes a whole lot of sense. I it made it. Up. I made it up at. You're I made it up at five thirty. Y'all never heard that before. I made it up.
2: <laughs> we need grace because we cannot keep the law. The law was designed to show us our
6: need for a savior. Cool. I getting that grace we're supposed to show that grace
0: that means forgiving people when if you've been forgiven you should be able to forgive mm-hmm. get the law yeah <laughs> How has your life been made different by the good news of Jesus? How can you remind yourself of how God has changed your life more frequently?
4: I know the pattern of life I was living beforehand
0: and it wasn't good. I know Phil. How has your life been made different by the good news of Jesus? I know I
6: was pessimistic. And people, and why does everything happen to me? And so I don't have that anymore. It's pretty good so going. for other people. Yeah. You're a character yourself.
0: And the second part of the question was how can you remind yourself of how god has changed your life more frequently
3: don't forget where
4: i came from so i don't return back to it
0: yeah i think i my my in my mind it's for me anyways it's just the more I stay involved in serving other people, which a lot of times I'm not good at that, but if I try to live my life for others rather than myself, that takes away some of that selfish ambition. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded I'm doing the I'm doing the things that I'm doing because of what God's done for me. I'm not chasing this or that. I have moments of chasing ch- chasing stupid things, but. Uh, but if my life posture is to serve others, to serve God and serve others, then I don't fall into those traps as easily.
7: Well, joy, is Jesus. Yes. joy is Jesus, others, and you. So if we serve if Jesus, that... then we're compelled and have a desire to serve others, and in the end, we're happier. Mm-hmm.
6: More
1: joy. More joyful. <laughs> I think that if we we count our blessings and are thankful and pray and think, you know, just start thanking God through prayer of all your blessings. And you look at your blessings and things, I think that and then it humbles you and puts you in in place, you
0: know. Tell us about your you might have mentioned it in here once, I don't think you did though, the your mom's recipe for a recipe for a pity party.
1: party yeah
0: what were some of the ingredients i, put it
1: away, I don't know you, i forget how you do, but one of them was one of them was just the opposite of what i said it says be sure and not count your blessings
0: yeah that was one
1: recipe <laughs> one one element of, yeah. of the recipe yeah there was several. i'm
0: sure another was think about yourself before you yeah. think about everybody else and yeah. All kinds of, yeah yeah it was a the recipe there, were, there <laughs> a recipe for a pitch party, I'll never forget that. That's funny. While understanding God's grace and mission are essential to evangelism, we must also understand how to share the good news. Derwin noted that evangelism is not about our ability to convince others to believe, but our availability to be used by God who calls people to himself question in what ways is God using your ability to him to share the gospel with others and is there anything God may be calling you to do to make yourself more available to him
1: I think that the, the little two words your ability I think that that's it mentioned how you use your. I think that's what we need to focus on a lot of times. So, that you know our ability, what our gifts are, what you know, whatever it is we can do kind of naturally with people. You know that we don't have to put on, we don't have to prepare, we don't have to have a bunch of Bible verses. It's just you know what you're able to do. How God's able to use you naturally is a big factor. You know, mm-hmm. which is your which are god-given talents or gifts or whatever it might be you know?
7: but with that is the availability that's what he said was it's not your ability it's your available yeah are we making
1: ourselves available to do that mm-hmm. and in our society most of the time not we're a fast-paced go 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 gotta be here gotta go there <laughs> you know
0: yeah, I think one of the biggest things about availability is just slowing down enough and being selfless enough to listen to somebody else. How often do you? I know I do this. and Now y'all are gonna have a complex when you talk too long to me. But I, when I, when I have to when I listen to somebody, I have to. My 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 instinct is to get out to leave. Like after a certain amount of time, I'm like I gotta go do stuff. I gotta got places to be. I start getting nervous. I just gotta. And it's probably not just me. We all have to just like, you're Chill. you're this or that, and probably not that as important as what this person has to say to you, you know. So put your selfishness aside for thirty more seconds, you know, and and listen. I'm really bad about that.
3: I don't think any anybody was taught this. Look, yeah,
0: you know, I mean? life's just getting faster and faster all the time.
3: Life gets faster. I mean, me and my wife we got married over in Scotland. Yeah and everything was so slow slow pace and it was beautiful you know and uh, you come back over here everything's choo, 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 choo. like and we miss the most beautiful things in life you know because we're too busy mm-hmm. i like, think
1: uh the worm had to slow down first yeah I heard saying years ago, I still try to stick to it the time you enjoy wasting is not wasted. I try to remind myself of that from time to time. Well, I want to go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> busy
0: stands for being under Satan's yoke. We're getting all of them tonight. We got grace and mercy and joy and busy. We're, did the same guy make all those up here? Being under Satan's what? Yoke. Being under Satan's yoke. Okay. It's like an awesome favorite Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. Was, Egg yolk. I always heard that being um not having anything to do
8: with the devil what is that? Yeah. Um, I don't have. Yeah, the yeah,
0: the idol no, hands are
8: mm-hmm. devil's
0: workshop. I always thought that was true too with little boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
8: It's, like, it's true with big boys too. I wanted to talk about that middle one he talked about, is that we care. Um I think when we're evangelizing to somebody a lot of times we just want to skip to the we share you, you know and you, you just you meet somebody and the first thing you want to do is share the gospel and you, you you don't know anything about that person you don't take time to invest in them listen to their story nothing you just want to share it you just you know, hey man i i shared the gospel with them. but you don't take that opportunity that time to invest in them and to get to know them and and that's a very important step because otherwise they just become a project to you, a project, you know, and, and, and we, we need to take the opportunity to care about that person so they can truly understand that they can see Jesus through that caring part of us.
6: Mm-hmm
4: in well, there's scripture somewhere that talks about like meeting their needs their physical needs before you like working on their spiritual needs because if you don't meet that physical needs mentally they're, they're checked out so it's not they're not going to grasp it but once they know that you 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 care about them and you're truly invested in them then they're
3: well that's what happened to me I had a uh... I had a few people here that uh, looked at me, talked to me.
4: Talked to you and not at you. Right.
0: Yeah, it's definitely relational. That's why, you know, if you're walking down the street in the big city and some guy's screaming at, the, at you that you're going to hell, you don't listen to that. I mean, that guy's crazy. I don't want to listen to what that guy's saying. You know, whether he's saying is probably true, but there's no... Remember, there's a delicate balance of grace and truth. And he's all truth. He's screaming at us on the sidewalk, but there's he's not trying... There's no grace in aggressively yelling biblical truths at people you know
4: like paul saying you're, you're not meeting the person's needs yeah gotta dig through the roof
0: yeah i think one of the best things we can do is even if the person doesn't accept the gospel message to persist and keep loving them anyways you know we don't just like you said don't just give up on them and move on So i I like to say that the wiping the dust off your feet is like a one percent or maybe less than one percent occurrence because it's just it's just not that's not what jesus would do is oh this is getting hard i'm gonna leave now you know he wouldn't do that so
8: i think that that's that's where you have to pray for the holy spirit's guidance and and ask is could I be better investing this time that I'm spending arguing back and forth with someone with investing with someone who's actually open to the gospel message? You know, because that, that comes down to a commodity of time.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: And I think that's where that dust your feet off is, you, you know, you, you said what you're going to say, and you, you come to that realization that the Spirit's saying, you Keep down what you're going to do here. Move
6: on. Mm-hmm.
8: And, and invest in somebody that
0: is yeah. open to it. Yeah. Go to the people with the light bulb above their head, sort of. Like people that are willing to listen.
6: Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, man, Jesus wouldn't, you know, probably do that. Except, I mean, you look back, he didn't have too much to say to the Pharisees about, you know, other than the ones that came to him in interest, you know, in -hmm. earnest interest, you know, wanting to know. But the rest of them, you know, they were just booted vipers, he already, obviously he's not us, we're not him. We can't tell what's in somebody else's heart. I mean, after you start talking to somebody for a few minutes, but again, it comes back to that grace thing. You're sitting here debating somebody back and forth and back and forth. You know, there's a a point at which, you know what? I've I've said my say.
0: Yeah. Maybe I ought to bump that 1% up to 10%. (laughs) (laughs) Derwin shared about Jesus healing a paralytic... In the book of Mark, Jesus told the man that his sins were forgiven and to get off his mat and walk. While the world only saw a paralyzed man, Jesus saw a man in spiritual need, forgiving his sins before healing his legs. It is essential that we, like Jesus, consider spiritual health a necessary part of other people's healing. How can you care for a person's spiritual health before they come to Christ? What do you? What can you do to help people spiritually as well as their physical needs? How can you care for a person's spiritual health before they come to Christ? Pray.
1: Pray for, pray for the spirit to speak.
0: For. Yeah. What can you do to help people spiritually as well as their physical needs?
1: If you're sharing your spiritual experiences with them and what God's done for you, in mm. the process. Yeah.
4: Especially if it's something that you've been through and that you know that they're going through, and you can it's more relatable to them. On them, on how you can explain that how Christ helped you through, through that
6: situation.
0: I'm just thinking about this. Uh, I need to start journaling all my sauna interactions. But I was sitting in the sitting in the sauna the other day with my headphones on. This old man turns and looks at me, me and this other guy. <coughs> He said something, and I just saw his mouth moving, so I took my thing out. He's like, you boys ever been to Twin Peaks restaurant before? And I was like... Here we go. I already know where this is going. He's like, there's some of the most beautiful women in northern Kentucky in there. And I was like, Nah, I've never been there. I don't plan on going anytime soon. I didn't say much. I didn't the other guy started talking. He didn't say much either. We were just trying to divert the situation, you know. But you can tell that guy's spiritual need based on what's coming out of his mouth, you know. So I go on to say I was talking about being married and all this stuff and I I was really talking to the other guy at this point the the guy about my age or whatever uh,
1: let's define this old man (laughs) (laughs) let's define him are we at here? Are we talking guns, how
0: old was he? He was probably. He probably. I'm just wondering how
5: he's as old. He was probably
0: 70, 70, 75. <laughs> so anyway, we go on and I talk about being married and I said something about well based on your restaurant choices I'm imagining you're not married I've been married for 40 years and I'm thinking I bet that's going well (laughs) and I just wish I I hope that as time goes on I get better at like uh, just turning that conversation into something not that I did anything wrong but I, I could have easily pointed it I could have turned that and been like you know man there was a time where I would have loved to go to Twin Peaks and and see the most beautiful women in northern Kentucky which I can imagine they're probably not that but, uh, <laughs> but but I just you know that's that's some of that is taking the time instead of just taking the easy way out which is sort of what I did I could really point him in a in a different direction with my words you know uh so that's just something
1: well, you're hit unexpected. That's
0: and quite unexpected. And get your head in that game that quick. Yeah, but I hope as time goes on, I can do it like that. Yeah.
4: Yeah, but let's also look at the age difference.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You might have toss at him if you're you're the pastor of a Baptist church. I did. I actually did do that. I said, (laughs) "Yeah." He actually knew somebody from here. I'm not going to mention the name. (laughs) That person is not here tonight, so that's okay. I'm not going to get that. I'm not going to get that party started. It was funny, I will say that. But (laughs) that's about all it was. Let's see here. Yeah. Yeah. We're running out of time. <laughs> oh, boy. Our role is to simply bring people to Jesus and let Him heal them, but we cannot neglect their physical needs. Like the paralyzed man's friend, we can carry people to Jesus by lovingly serving them. Some may need food or material items we can provide, while others may need to feel emotional support from us. How can you show someone practical love by meeting a need on a regular basis?
8: Using your talent to to meet their need, whatever your talent may be. You know, everybody here has a different talent here, and using that effectively in prayer, within prayer, and hoping that. Through
4: that interaction, they're curious about you.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: I'm kind of like going semi what you were, had made a comment earlier actually you know let them know that you care that okay this is just not a number person that I got to check off my list oh well I gave you the gospel I talked to you you said you accepted because Rodney kind of brought it up in Sunday school um, this past week Um, a lot of people who get just get caught up in the moment and say the sinner's prayer, but is it actually a heartfelt prayer that they were—they've they've actually accepted Christ, where it is, it were, a transformation actually happened, or was it just, yeah, let's say it, and but not meaning it? You know, so like what Paula said, instead of just going up and saying, yeah, okay, I I shared it, I checked off that box, now I'm off to the next person to check off where we need to take the time and invest in them but where it's an actual true transformation and not just... It's like a caught in the moment transformation
0: mm-hmm.
7: but sometimes we're just planting the seed or watering the seed or watching it grow because it's not up to us to judge whether we know it's a real transformation you know that's the holy spirit at work. right but yeah. I mean if
4: you're just talking to somebody to say yep alright I've right, to see yeah, that person right. you know and, and did my job there now off to the next person you know you've got to actually take that time and invest in <clears> them <throat> so that they truly know that you care
0: I took a personal evangelism class at Southern, and the, I probably said this before in here, but the the assignment was to share. To, they give you an outline of what successful evangel to get an A. You had to share the gospel. You had to you had to get you had to attempt to get a person to understand that they are sinful, and to share the the message of the gospel with them. That's how you get an A on the test, which seems weird. It seems like too much, but it's also very helpful, and it's like forced evangelism. So what I did was, as I had to do that, I thought, who are the people that I'm already... I don't, I'm not going to go to strangers at Walmart. Who are some people that I'm interacting with on a daily basis that I've got some rapport with, you know, that I can... It's not going to be weird or forced or awkward. How can I... Just like I said about the Twin Peaks man, how can I turn that from nonsense talk into something spiritual? Like... You know, I don't think there's anything good about me going to Twin Peaks. That's, you know, I, I, I try to do, I try to honor God with my time and my life. And looking at that is not honoring to God. Uh, what do you think about that, stranger in the sauna? And, yeah, I don't know. How to, in that instance, I don't know. But uh, that is practical love. Sharing the gospel with somebody is love, you know. Uh, they might not see it that way, and we don't need to kick their teeth in doing it. But it is loving; it's the most loving thing that you can do. And maybe that's what we need to—how we need to shift our perspective is, we need to be loving when we do the most loving thing that we can do, and and be grace-filled about it. You know, the next time I see that, I've seen that guy in there a whole lot of times. I don't need to go in there and say wretched sooner you know I, I just need to meet that guy where he's at and, and carry on you know
8: um, so I do the ESL thing and I've been trying to meet my my students are beginning level English but usually you know, nothing so it's a little hard harder but I've been getting a little better at it because I am investing that in time into them that I've found little ways to open that door and it's what he was saying about it becoming not an obligation but it becomes like what Jimmy used that word desire you know I I care about this person I, I want I'm helping them meet goals and I want them to make the biggest goal of it all and I think that's the difference of trying to use your talent investing in someone, praying for that person, and taking that time versus just, you won't help. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's huge, I don't know, That's just kind of my own personal evangelization
2: for me. I think there's a difference, too, between, you know, like... <clears throat> i mean jesus said go into all the world you know literally like as you are going you'll be my witnesses in jerusalem Judea, you know whatever and i think that that kind of denotes close farther, and then and and so i think there are there are different interactions where it's like yes you can maybe just in passing be a witness to the person that's checking out your groceries at the store you know plant a seed but one of the things that he talked about in this holy habits series is the fact that holy habits are intentional jesus-centered rhythms and decisions and i don't remember if it was you or if it was um jared Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember, somebody was talking to us about <clears throat> picking picking like a number four people or whatever like that you believe God has placed around you that need prayed for you know that need, that don't know him whatever that you can witness to and <laughs> another acronym I cannot seem to remember when I went to a, a West, yeah. a Baptist Southern Baptist Church in, in Kansas and um, but it was it was on it was bless. I remember what the word was, but I don't remember the words that went with it. Um, <clears throat> but it was it was about praying for them. First of all, get your list and pray for those people. and, and, and yes like what can you do? Uh, invite them for a meal. You know, like, hey, let's have lunch or come to my house for dinner or, you know, if it does, like, you know, Paula was talking about, brought up the fact that he was talking about caring for them. Like, I think they need to know that you care about them as a person. You care about their earthly needs and what the heck is going on in their life before they're willing to listen to you. Mm Mm-hmm. On your, you know, and then when it comes to the, to that time of sharing, you don't just have to smack them upside the head with a sermon, share your story, because that's kind of hard to argue with. Yeah, It's like, it's like the whole, all I know, like several people brought it up. All I know is I used to be this way, and now I'm this way, and the only thing that came you know, that change was Jesus. Mm-hmm. I know what he's done for me, and he can do that for you. And then, you know, and then like Barb said, then don't just drop him.
1: Keep him yeah,
0: he can't,
1: you the discipling.
0: Yeah, it goes Talk from to evangelism him. to discipleship sort of at that yeah. point, yeah.
1: I think that uh, I think that's why we're to, to not for safety coming together. Because we come here, we get encouraged, we get inspired, uh, we get excited. You know, how many times you come to church on a Sunday morning, you've had a bad week and things aren't good. And by the time you leave, you feel like you've left a lot of it. You left it there, you know. Mm-hmm. And we draw strength from each other and encouragement you know coming together you know folks say well, i can worship out in the woods and whatever you can to some extent but you're not going to get the, the support and the encouragement
0: you're going to get from coming and hanging out with the brothers and sisters right yeah mm-hmm you can do it it's just not necessarily biblical yeah (laughs) well
4: and just by living that life you know and having that relationship people can see that in you so they're more apt to see that coming from you and know that yeah that you're saying what you're saying is real I can see that in you And it's just not, you know, things that you're saying. They can see that and they will have more respect and for what you're trying to say to them by them seeing you living it out yourself.
0: Yeah, I think one really important thing too is authenticity, like I am not perfect. I don't need to share with every single person all the things that I struggle with, but in really close relationships, I I think that that is important to share in struggles and confess to one another. Uh, So to understand as somebody that's trying to follow Jesus that the person more mature in the faith still has issues is strengthening to the person the elementary student to the high school student, or whatever you however you want to say that, to, for the elementary student to know, oh, this guy still is not perfect. That's 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 nice to know because if we walk around pretending like we've all got it figured out, mm-hmm. it's going to scare off You're the kid. It's
6: yeah. going to yeah.
0: right, right. Or worse, yeah.
6: when you do when you do show that weakness at some point. Yeah. You know you. Yeah. well, heck, that guy there. You know he's been Christian yeah. you know for all these years. I
0: believe this guy and then i saw him at twin peaks (laughs) okay i gotta get off the twin peaks the last the last um a question we don't have to answer this this is rhetorical take it home with you who in your life needs to see the love of god through your words and actions so just this week think about who those people are god's placed people in our lives uh, that we encounter, people outside of the walls of this church that we see often. I can think of one or two right now that need to be on my list that aren't. But just think about the people that you run into, maybe at a kid's event or whatever, work or whatever. Think about who those people are in your life and how you can show them the love of God through your words and actions. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for uh, Derwin Gray-, Gray and Right Now Media to give us a good lesson and a series of lessons about holy habits. And I just pray that we are forming holy habits as we come together and learn about the things that you want us to learn about. And I pray that we really focus on a handful of people in our lives that we can share you with and we can do it lovingly and gracefully because you, first loved us and showed us grace, that we can share that with other folks. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.